Now, I want to speak to Alison Morris, who's security correspondent with the Irish News, and certainly has an understanding of the nationalist community and why numbers of young people in the nationalist community seem to be stagnating when it comes to joining the police. The uh, Chief Constable, the outgoing Chief Constable, uh, George Hamilton, has said that uh, Catholics uh, must be encouraged to join the police and the community leaders, those in civic leadership, must do more. Uh, Alison, good morning. Good morning. Alison, is it not very simple... Catholics don't want to join the police because they're afraid of being targeted. There's there's so many issues there. There's a number of issues that need to be changed within society before they can be changed within policing. So when the 50-50 recruitment was brought in and the PSNI first came into existence, there was, you know, a lot of good feeling around it at that time and there was a hope that this was a new dawn and a new start and large numbers of Catholics did join. And then large numbers of Catholics left. And, and what happened was we had seen with the targeting of Catholic officers, such as Ronan Kerr and Potter Heffron, and there was a view that, that Potter Heffron, if you remember, was the new face of the PSNI. He played in the um, PSNI's Gaelic team. He spoke Irish. He was put forward in front of press conferences. And there was the feeling that he was possibly targeted as a result of his high profile to, to sort of warn other nationalists not to join. We're still in a security police in Sweden you go into places like Durban or North Belfast or West Belfast or Derry, you'll not see police officers on the beat as it was. You will see them still as if it were the troubles, travelling in Land Rovers and travelling in a very security footing, and that's all young people in those areas see. That's their impression of policing in those areas. And so, therefore, it's not something that they would associate themselves with in any way, shape or form. And what you also have to remember is if a Catholic from a, a hardline nationalist community, and I mean, I'm sure there are people from from all sorts of communities who do feel able to join the, the PSNI. If they do join the police, they have to leave their lives as they were. So they cannot socialise in the same place. They can't go to the same sports clubs. They have to, in some ways, be really careful, even when they're going home for family events to visit their parents. In Derry, two years ago, we had seen that there was um, devices being left outside the home of an elderly, the elderly parents of a, a Catholic PSNI officer. All of those things come into play. And then it's not just the security footing of it, it's also the culture of it and the young person as a career. The, the RUC attracted people to it even at the height of the troubles because it was an extremely well-paid job. The PSNI does not have the same pay structures as it did then. There isn't the same rewards for the, for the job that they're, they're doing at this point in time. And that we've heard that there's a lot of problems in relation to it, I'm sure, if you speak to someone from the, the Federation, they'll be able to tell you, because at their conference this week, they mentioned the fact that there was a lot of complaints about stress and overworking and lack of resources um, and all those sort of things. So it's not the attractive career it might have been. And what we do see is people who are from a nationalist community, if they do feel like they want to join the police, they're actually going to all other jurisdictions and join the police there rather than joining them here in Northern Ireland. So... There was a lot of talk yesterday, and I know even today, about huge 50-50 policing being brought back in. But that just won't solve the problem as it is at the minute. The problem is we need to fix what's wrong with society and with the impression of the PSNI and with nationalist confidence in the PSNI, which is an all-time low. You fix those things, then you turn that into a correct, uh, an attractive career prospect, 
for young Catholics. It's almost impossible to do that, however, because everything that you've said there feeds into the question I asked you, that the young Catholic officers are afraid to join the PSNI because they're going to be looking over their shoulder. The life change that it is for a Catholic officer, if a, a young lad from, if you pick towns at random, from Castle Welland, from Cross McGlen, from West Belfast, from places like Tombridge, if, you know, I'm just thinking of uh, Dungiven. If, if, place, if, if young lads or young women from those towns and numerous other towns choose to join the police, they simply can't go to see their mother and father on a Sunday regularly. They can't drop by to their sister's house to, when the child has a, has a birthday party. You can't go and play football in the, in the local club every Sunday or Saturday evening. You, you can't hang out the way you used to hang out. Whereas a young Protestant officer who's from Bangor or Ballyclare or Banbridge or Donaghadee, again, using the stereotypical examples, they can continue to do their, their own thing. They can, they can continue to have the lifestyle they always, they always had. So all the civic leadership on earth from the Catholic nationalist community isn't going to deliver for what George Hamilton's calling for. It's almost as if George Hamilton doesn't understand what Catholics are going through in relation to the threat from terrorists. So, so there's an issue there because, I mean, we're 20 years on. There wasn't meant to be a terrorist threat now. And that's the whole point. When Patton came up with his reforms, the PSNI, he thought that we were moving towards a peacetime society. He didn't see the 20 years on we were still going to be in this, this footing. And this is the issue that we have. So if you have a dissident threat and if you have a severe dissident threat, well, then the policing adapts or changes to suit that. And when that adapts and suits to that, that means that you have police only in Land Rovers. You have police who are only seeing when they're searching houses or coming in in heavy force in the areas. And that's all that young person sees. So that turns those young people against the PSNI, which increases the dissident threat. And here we have a big circle that goes round and round in circles. And it's very hard to break that. So how do you, you know, to break that cycle, I think that the problem is that you need to deal with the security situation in its entirety. And that then would then help because we did have a reduced um, security threat for a long time after the signing of the Good Friday Agreement. Probably for about 10 years, there wasn't wasn't an issue with Catholic officers of any kind being targeted. And we did see an influx of Catholics to the police then. But a lot of them left, and a lot of them left for various reasons. But I would say the reasons you said are probably it. You want to go and, you know, you want to go and play fucking Gaelic on a Saturday or watch your team or do all those sort of things. And if you can't do those things, well then, um, I think that it becomes, it's a lifestyle and you're going, so does this job, is this job me worth changing my entire life, changing my social circle, changing my friends, and putting potentially my family at risk. And I'm not sure that there's many people who would consider any job would be worth that. Alison, uh, thank you very much indeed. Alison Morris, security correspondent with the Irish News, talking about why fewer and fewer Catholics are keen to join the PSNI. I want to speak to their trade union representative, the Police Federation's Mark Lindsay. Uh, Mark, good morning. How frustrating is it for you as a Fed rep that less, fewer and fewer Catholics are prepared to to join the the, the service? I think first and foremost it's important to say that uh, police officers serving or retired, uh, religion never comes into anything, but we do recognise that there is a a wider societal uh, issue around this. I think it's very frustrating whenever we uh, constantly see that um, it's the police, if you like, that are being blamed for the lack of Catholics in in the organisation. Uh, certainly there has been a lot of progressive moves in the last number of years, particularly around the recruiting process, 
which which has uh, made it more accessible. But Alison is bang on the money. It is more of a social issue. It's more people think, do they want to give up their, their families? Do they want to give up their family life uh, whenever they can't go and do what normal people do in a normal job because of the threat? And we've consistently said that whenever police are only seen in the streets going in to do uh, searches in areas or they're only seen to go in re- reacting to crime and then leaving again, that's where the disconnect starts to happen. It's imperative that there is neighbourhood policing and proper investment in neighbourhood policing. Not investment in neighbourhood policing that, that takes away and increases risks in other areas, but investment that puts a mark and a franc or whoever in communities and people get to know them. So you need more money to do that and you need the desire from the top to do that. But is it safe to have neighbourhood policing where you really need it, where you need to convince young people in areas that only see Land Rovers that the neighbourhood Bobby is 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 a is a welcome is a welcome sight. Are there not enough people in Northern Ireland targeting the police who would easily target the neighbourhood police to ensure that that I suppose softening of policing doesn't happen? Yeah, well, that, that's always going to happen. I, I think that the, the difficulty here is that uh, you do get this circle, uh, and it comes that if you're not in an area, you know, letting people see that police are there and doing a normal job, working in partnership with the other agencies. Uh, working collaboratively with everybody to make life better. Uh, that's where that, uh, if you like, that anti-police or the anti-narrative starts and, and ends. There's nobody there, not necessarily to counter it, but to show people that that narrative is, is you know, it's, it should be resigned to the past. So I think it's very, very important that any funding, if there was such a thing in, in, in relation to uh, to uh, neighbourhood policing, has to be an additionality. It can't take away from the very important things we do uh, on, a, on a daily basis, the important uh, investigations into crime and all those sorts of things. So it, it is it is a difficult one, but there has to be, I think, uh, a realignment of how we do it. Government, uh, at whatever levels, have to decide, do we want to keep doing this? Because this problem will just keep coming up again and again and again. So are we in a position where... For, uh, going by the figures as they are today in 2019, that by 2025 we could be back to, even though you don't see policing in terms of religion, there's no getting away from the fact that part of the problem in the past was it was 95% Protestant and the the, the old adage used to be 95% Protestant, 100% Unionist. That was the RUC. That's how critics saw the RUC. If, if the PSNI goes like that, do, do we do we have a big problem with policing? Yeah, well, policing has to be. Policing works best when it is representative of the entire community. You know, and, and I think that you know, there's, I get no no greater pleasure whenever, you know, I, I go out about and talk to officers on the ground, and they're from all parts of, of, of the province uh, and, and from the south as well. So I think what what we will see is that this will only get worse, I think, when we when we look to look at 50-50. Uh, we had that. Um, but what do you do? You bring that in every so often. Then, when the numbers increase, then the dis- then, then the decrease after a while. I think it has to come from, uh, you know, civic leadership has a very very important role to play in this. Uh, the communities obviously have a very important role, but I think it's civic leadership, and it's using language which isn't always uh, kicking the police. We we very rarely hear some uh, some elements or some sections of the community praising the police for the work they do every day on the ground. It always seems to be diving in whenever something goes wrong or we get something wrong, which invariably, you know, we do at times.
Well, the, the most recent example of the whole debacle around the journalists in Lockan Island, that did so little to instill confidence in the nationalist community that the police look at things fairly. Yeah, but that, you know, to take it into the, and the Chief Constable spoke on, on that yesterday, you know, everything is done uh, on uh, assessment within the law. Uh, you know, I can't comment on individuals because I don't know the full details of that. But, you know, I think whenever everybody jumps on the bandwagon, making out that it, this is something against a certain section of the community, you know, as the Lord Chief has said, it is a, it, it, it was interpreted wrong, the law was interpreted wrong, and the police have, have made their position very clear on that. So I think whenever we have... Politicians, yes, are right to ask the questions, are right to hold the Chief Constable to account. But I think, again, on other issues, we need to be very, very careful and just not jumping on. I didn't see people jumping up and down last year whenever uh, there were uh, the family homes of our officers being attacked in the Craigan. There was some criticism, but not as much as we see on other things. That's where we need to see people coming out. People standing shoulder to shoulder with people in their communities whenever uh, police officers from those communities are being attacked. With regards to 50-50, do you think if it was reintroduced, there would be a demand from the Catholic community to take up those jobs? I think certainly it would, it would, it would help to increase the numbers, but I think until we deal with the, you know, with the, the base problem, the base problem is that, that these uh, terrorist groupings still have a foothold in some communities. Um, and I think that's, that's the difficulty. We can, I think we'd certainly see in the short term uh, an increase in numbers. But unless we deal with the fundamental problem, the problem of a terrorist threat, that 20 years on from Good Friday, 25 years on from the first ceasefire, police officers are still being targeted for murder, whether they're Catholic, Protestant or whatever. Yeah, I should emphasise, of course, that simply being a Protestant officer, it doesn't make you immune from attack. That needs to be emphasised. Yeah, you know, and, and the comment was, you know, was, was made earlier there, you know, around, uh, you know, being targeted and, and, you know, perceived as nationalist areas. You know, remind you, the, least, the most recent attack there was was in East Belfast. So ultimately, when you're a police officer, it doesn't really matter where you are. Uh, you, you can still be targeted and you can still be uh, murdered. Yeah, it is a very valid point. Mark Lindsay, uh, thank you very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Much indeed, Mark.